This show covers various real-life topics that some listeners may find disturbing and or triggering. Please note that these topics are spoken on in order to drive public discourse and are not meant for malicious intent. All opinions are mine and mine only. Your discretion is advised. What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Happy self-care Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. The boy is back, and of course, as per usual, we have a lot of shit to talk about, and I'm telling you, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but not limited to Steven Crowder's divorce, Jonathan Major's fallout continues, Jamie Foxx's stroke, we've got a death on the New York City subway, we've gotten stabbing in Iowa, and Google's egg. AI pioneer leaving due to fears of AI taking over the world and the main topic of conversation being extreme responsibility. So you already know what to do. Go ahead and roll one up, pour up a libation because the show starts now. Wait a minute. You still haven't gone on to the YouTube channel yet? What are you waiting for? Listen, you're going to go onto YouTube right now. You're going to type in M-A-I-S-O-N-D-E-R-O-Y. Three different words. Maison de Wa. Come join the gang. We got all types of videos out here. Come have some fun. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck is going on? Your boy is back. I haven't made an episode in like, what, a month? I don't know. It's been a minute. But anyway, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Um, I was taking a look at the analytics. Uh, I closed the, the page. Hold on. I'm uploading this shit right now. Hold up, hold up, hold up. But anyway, I was taking a look at the analytics, and we are back looking at the analytics once again. And, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know i love shouting out countries and states and shit i absolutely love doing it it's one of my favorite things to do so i want to go ahead and just take a look uh we got some new listeners we got some listeners from hungary sierra leone slovenia taiwan and kazakhstan shout out to you guys appreciate you guys for listening so much let's go ahead and take it over to some new growth. We got Brazil growing. We got 3% listeners in Brazil. Shout out to y'all. We got 3% in Germany. And the list in Germany just keeps growing. We've got a majority of them in Hesse. Uh, a, a number of them in Thung- Thur- Thuringia. I'm so sorry for fucking that up. My sincerest apologies. We've got Bavaria, Baden-Württemberg, Land Berlin. We got Baden-Württemberg again. I'm not exactly sure why that happened twice. And we got Rhineland. Flaz. I don't know what the fuck that is. I definitely fucked that up. I'm terribly sorry about that. Let's go ahead and take it over to the U.S. We'll start over in New York and shout out. You know, when I first started this podcast, I didn't have a lot of listeners in Staten Island. If anyone knows me, knows me personally, please, first of all, don't pull up on me, please. You probably won't, but please don't. But when I first started the podcast, I had very, very few Staten Island listeners, and we are at 65%. Man, fucking shout out to y'all. You know, first of all, I know there's a lot of you that listen to me and, you know, know me personally, but don't say anything to me via, you know, virtual or in person. And 
this isn't me trying to incite like violence or whatever the case may be, but and also I'm not saying this from a place of malice. I think I should just make make that point known. Some people say I have a, a very standoff standoffish personality, which I don't think so. If you ask me, I think I'm pretty friendly. Like you, you can come up to me and have a conversation. I might think you're weird as shit, but you know, I, I'm down to talk. Listen, if I'm talking to you in English, that means I'm open to conversing with you. The second I hit you with désolé, je ne parle pas anglais, that means I do not want to speak to you. All right. If I tell you in French I don't speak English, then I don't want to talk to you. And Honestly, normally that's relegated to like when people ask me for directions when I'm in Manhattan. Listen, I don't know Manhattan as well as you think I do. I use the map app a lot. And that's a that's a side note. I don't understand why people don't use their map. Like you're asking me for directions. Meanwhile, you have you're literally holding an iPhone in your hand, which has like satellite power and can find you literally just about any location you want, except for Epstein Island. Anyway, let's go ahead and shout out everyone else. We've got Staten Island. Shout out to you guys. we got Brooklyn, Manhattan. Of course, we got the Bronx, even though I swear to God, I will never step foot in the Bronx. we got a bunch of Bronx listeners. Thank you so much. I'll probably never see you, but I appreciate you. We've got Pine Bush, Queens, Jamaica, New Rochelle, Elmont, Monzi, Astoria, Marmanek, Spring Valley, Central Islip, and Forest fucking Hills. I only I only thought uh Forest Hills existed where uh J. Cole lived, but apparently New York has one too. But anyway, regardless of where you are, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. You know, at this point now you're probably wondering where have I been? I mean I've been rambling long enough. Your boy has been out. We've been trying to take this modeling work to a new level. We've been trying to take this fitness to a new level. And yes, I will go ahead and shameless plug my fitness app right now. Listen, we've got about like 40-ish something days until the summertime. At this point, if you've got like one or two, and this is no offense to anybody, you know, but if you have one or two belly rolls, it's too late for you, fam. There's no way you're getting a six-pack at any point, unless you were to get surgery and, you know, just straight up cheat then by all means, do what you got to do. I'm sure you have the money for it, but go for it. But just know, cheated. But anyway, with that being said, if you are looking to lose weight, you are listening to a weight loss specialist. I went from 260 to 178 in a year. Ask me how I did it. Go ahead and book yourself a consultation. You could find the link at www.pitarafitness.com. That's F-I-T-A-R-A-F-I-T-N-E-S-S dot com. Furthermore, or I should say additionally, you could find the application on the Google Marketplace or the Apple App Store itself. Simply type in Vitara Fitness. If you're interested, feel free to download it. Start with our seven-day trial. And if you like it, go ahead and commit. We've got a ton of recipes and a ton of workout programs as well. And that library is being updated on a monthly basis. Now, mind you, I'm literally the only one on the back end as of right now doing the uploading. So it does take me a little bit of time, but every month I put some time aside to go and update that bad boy. So you do have access to a ton of recipes and a ton of workouts. And this is for both male and female. 
or anything in between, however the fuck you identify. So long as you have muscle mass on your body and, you know, that and adipose tissue, aka fat, and you want to get rid of it, Bitar Fitness will work for you. So go ahead and download that bad boy. Feel free to visit the website for more information, but let's go ahead and move on to some of the pop culture topics. Let's start off with Steven Crowder. A lot of you may or may not know who Steven Crowder is. I'm not going to lie to you. I barely know who he is. I know he's just like a, and an, I wouldn't say extreme right, but he's, you know, like a moderate, moderate right wing uh, political analyst, whatever the fuck you want to call those type of content creators. Like, where do you put those kind of content creators? Like, they're not in politics, but they talk about politics. Anyway, very traditional. Always talks about like having the traditional lifestyle, things of that nature. And uh, he's getting divorced. You know, that is just the nature of marriage. Like, regardless if you are a Democrat or Republican, at some point, if you're married, your ass might get divorced. You know, listen, I see, I have, I have a Facebook. I know a lot of people don't fuck with Facebook anymore. But I have a Facebook. And, you know, as I'm scrolling, and I'm looking through, I, I'm seeing the married people go through like their series of challenges and it's on like all of Facebook for everyone to see. And it's, you know, it's a shit place to be because, you know, you're in a relationship with this person for so long and it's not that being in a relationship for a long time is the problem. The problem is at some point, the genuine interest that you had for one another from a, like, at least from that relationship standpoint, it definitely does change. And obviously, people change too. You could only hope that they change for the better. Women often hope that they could change the guy. The guy hopes the woman never changes. That's why they get married. And, you know, none of that actually happens. You know, both people change potentially for the worse. And, you know, they try to have, like, a series of milestones that try to make it all all better. Try to, like, slap a Band-Aid on it. Like, ooh, we're actually not compatible. Let's go ahead and have a baby. There's a, a TikTok that actually talks about this. That's where I'm sampling that from. I have to give them some credit, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the TikTok explains it perfectly. Like, people that are not compatible want to ride out this relationship simply for fear of not being alone. They put on this fucking mask in front of all of public for everyone to see. You know, try to act like shit is all peachy. You put this shit on Instagram. And this isn't me talking shit. I'm talking from experience. I was literally that couple. And I used to think that it was just me that was going through this. But the more time I spend being single, listening to people that are in relationships, and just seeing it all happen in front of me, like, from I guess from secondhand experience, the more I'm, like, fucking befuddled. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, damn, I thought this was just me. But everybody's going through this bullshit, and even Steven Crowder. Now, here's the thing. There is, and this has definitely been taken out of context, I think, to some degree. I'm not exactly sure how the divorce happened or, like, started, but, and honestly, that's not even the point that I care to talk about. And in addition to that, I'm not really going to spend a lot of time on this because we got a lot of these topics to cover, so I'm just going to run through these shits like Rambo, but... There's a video of Steven Crowder talking to his then-pregnant wife, or I think is still pregnant. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I think she had the babies, or I think she's still pregnant. 
whatever the case may be, he was talking to her while she was like eight months pregnant. And he just wanted her to do more like manual labor around the house. Like he wanted her to feed the dogs or, you know, just do a bunch of these random ass tasks. And listen, it's only one clip from a, I think it was like an eight year relationship, but it's just one clip. Now I have, I have uh, a little snippet here where there's just like this one sentence where he says, you're not taking the car because if you refuse to do wifely things, then I will go pick up the groceries. Now, I'm not exactly sure what that means. And the reason why I say I'm not sure what that means is because I'm not exactly sure what wifely things means in his household, but clearly he felt like he wasn't meeting those standards, right? But the caveat is she's fucking eight months pregnant. Like, I could understand if she's, like, sitting around doing nothing, you know, just, like, sitting around on her ass on the couch watching TV, hands down her pants, eating Doritos. Like, I can, I could understand that. Like, yo, you're not doing what you agreed to be your fair share of work within the house. But, you know, this woman is literally carrying your children. So, I can't imagine. Oh, in addition to that, she's also getting ready to give birth pretty soon. So I can't imagine her walking around and doing quote unquote wifely things as the most ideal thing for her to be doing at the moment. But this is beyond the point. Furthermore, as time has gone on, because I'm pretty late on this, I've been I've been pretty far. I didn't even tell you guys what the fuck I was doing. But anyway, I was filming a commercial in California and I was just out here busy getting this modeling work. Um but anywho Apparently, because as time has gone on, there's been more that has come out about his divorce, and it's getting pretty ugly. And here's my thing. This is the only thing I'm going to say to this before I move on. Um, Don't get married. Like, listen, aside from the whole money aspect and, you know, somebody losing it all in divorce, because, you know, nowadays, apparently women are making more than men. And, you know, somehow, some way, men are still having to pay alimony, even though that might be the case. But now, listen, the point of what I'm trying to say here is, aside from the financial aspect, if you two are together for quite some time and are not married yet, don't get married. Just listen, just do yourself a favor. Don't get married. Because... At some point, you and this person are going to grow apart. And yeah, there are some rare occurrences where people are together forever, whatever the case may be. But more often than not, people grow apart. And me personally, I'm not a financial analyst. You know, I don't know the secrets. I don't know the numbers. But... I would not want to commingle my finances with someone I might not want to be with for the rest of my life because that is a huge fucking commitment. Like, do people not realize how big of a commitment marriage is? Like, yo, I understand love is a powerful thing, but you can't let brain chemicals allow you to make such a lengthy decision like that. And that's all I'm going to say. Listen, if you ask me, Steven Crowder sounds like an asshole to be married to. 
And I know this is just one clip taken from eight years of a marriage, but who the fuck knows how many of these conversations they've had. And listen, I've been that guy to be critical, but if you go see the video, go see it for yourself. But if you go watch the video, man, this guy cranks it up to like an 11. Like he's just annoying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's just fucking annoying. Like I'm watching the video and I kind of feel bad for him. I'm like, damn, man, get off her dick. Like what the fuck? And I'm not even, I'm not even a, a white knight. I'm not a white knight. I'm not a grand defender. But even I can be irritated from someone else's overly critical observance, right? Like, it's just like, man, shut the fuck up already. Like, wifely things. Like, bro, I'm out here rocking two twins in my belly. Like, us guys, we are so privileged. Like, listen, I know we carry the very, the very, like, specimen that helps spawn the next, you know, the next version of us. But listen, having to incubate that and carry it is gotta be a huge task. Like, can we, if we can put our warring differences between men and women aside for just one second and just to acknowledge the fact that pregnancy, like, come on, man, that shit has to be hard. These chicks are walking around, chicks that are pregnant, they're walking around with their stomachs out to here. Like, some of these chicks look like they're ready to pop. Like, I've seen some bellies, and I've seen them at the gym, which is even crazier. Like, I totally understand your doctor clears you for workouts. You can go ahead and exercise. But, I don't know. I've just seen some stomachs that just look like, yo, if this chick's if this chick falls, her stomach is going to just burst. Like, it's just going to pop. And, come on, there's no way that can't be taxing on the body. Come on. Come on, fellas. Like, come on. For once, let's just, let's put it to the side, you know, and just acknowledge that. So I can't imagine him constantly arguing with her over doing wifely duties. Meanwhile, she has two twins. Like, yo, if one is hard enough to deal with, can you imagine two? Like, goddamn. But anyway, I won't spend that much more time on it. That was just my take on it, Uh, Steven. Because, oh, one final bit. Because he also, like, said he's going to release all the transcripts from his conversation with his wife. If you ask me, and I've gotten this from Coach Greg Adams, great YouTube channel. Go ahead and check him out. Um, he, he said something really interesting. He was like, he already lost the court of public opinion. And I agree. So my personal opinion, Stephen, if you ever listen to this, which you probably won't, but if, if you ever do, somehow, I hope this is in time, but don't do that. I would say redact all the shit that you said you were going to release. Just just bring it all back in. Bring it all back in. Unless it's like some fucking nuclear evidence. Bring it all back in because you already lost that chapter. Anyway, Jamie Foxx went ahead and had a fucking stroke slash aneurysm. I was all the way in California practicing my lines for a motherfucking commercial. And while I'm, I'm chilling, I'm like chilling in this kitchen... And I hear on T, uh, TMZ that Jamie Foxx is in the emergency room. And I'm like, what in the fuck? I didn't really give it that much more thought. And I am a Jamie Foxx fan, definitely. But I didn't give it that much more thought. And I was like, all right, I hope I wish him the best. And you know, I moved, moved on. I didn't know at the time, though, that it was a fucking stroke slash aneurysm. Thankfully, 
Your boy Jamie Foxx is in stable and not in life-threatening condition, uh, says Random Source, which is exclusive. My assumption that it's probably like the family or doctors, who knows, but shout out to him. Very happy for him. Jamie Foxx is a great actor and wouldn't want him to pass away. Segwaying into the next one, speaking of passing away, we've got Jordan Neely, apparently a New York subway entertainer. I think that's safe to say. Um, New York subway entertainer Jordan Neely was, a lot of people don't want to say murdered. I'm going to fuck around and say murdered because, listen, the more I learn about this situation, the more I think it's just, it's bewildering as to how people could think him putting him in a headlock was a smart idea but before i get into all that i'll just give you some some background context so jordan neely subway entertainer or just like outdoor public entertainer whatever the case may be um apparently was this young homeless kid um who was you know just trying to make his way so you know, if anyone's been to New York, you guys know what a, a outdoor performer looks like. They're usually doing performances, doing fucking backflips into the traffic or, <laughs> or whatever the fucking case may be. Now, apparently this kid, Jordan Neely, was in the was in the subway and acting erratic. He did not touch anyone, but acting erratic, he was screaming that he hasn't eaten, hasn't showered or, you know, hasn't slept in a certain amount of days. And. You know, I could totally understand as a subway rider, I've been in those positions where some people just start acting up on the subway, but they're, you know, they're not attacking anyone, but they're acting up on the subway and it's just like, oh man, like, bro, please either you get the fuck off the cart next stop or God, please like help me to stay safe so I can get to my stop safely because this is, this is ridiculous. Um, And we all know what that's like. Like everyone has encountered a New York crazy person. Like. Listen, you out of state or out of country motherfuckers, when you come to New York, you think you're going to come by and see like a bunch of nice people and everything's all great. Like, oh, welcome to the concrete jungle. No, motherfucker, you're going to see some crazy shit in those fucking subways. I'm telling you that right now. You're going to see some wild shit in the subway. So just be ready for it. But anyway, Jordan Neely apparently was acting erratic and he was threatening uh, subway riders, which... Listen, again, I've been in those situations where people threaten subway riders, but no one does anything and nothing happens, right? Because, you know, no one's being attacked. So apparently this gentleman, Daniel Penny, uh, allegedly chose to put him in a headlock, which unfortunately, again, allegedly, took the life of Jordan Neely. Now, here's my thing. I'm not the type of person to throw race into a situation like this. I would never do that. Um, but in this particular situation, I would like to observe just how interesting it is how subway riders, and this is me included, because, you know, if you've ridden the subway numerous amount of times, you do ride the subway. But it's interesting how... When there is an actual, you know, altercation on the subway, no one does anything. But when there's a minor threat, people are very quick 
to get gully and get tough. And now again, this is this involves everyone, right? But here's what I'm saying. If the guy didn't attack anyone and was just like having a moment, like think about it. If he's if you were homeless, haven't eaten, slept, or showered in, you know, like fucking 40 days, wouldn't you be upset? And I'm not I'm not excusing his behavior. His behavior was rather erratic. They were correct on that characteristic. Um, but what one thing I definitely would say is that that doesn't warrant being put into a chokehold and being choked to death. I've never heard of some shit like that before. Like, oh, you're being annoying. Die. <laughs> That's literally what it was. Like, oh, you're being a fucking nuisance. Die. You know, like, if that's the case, if we're going to excuse that kind of behavior, we might as well kill every homeless person sleeping on the subway. Like, I've been in so many carts where I've seen homeless people just sleeping long ways on the subway. What if we just bodied them and just discarded their body at the next stop? Surely there shouldn't be any penalty. All I'm saying is, if we want as a civilization or society to make it a little more myopic, right? If we want to operate and move forward as a society, I think to some degree we owe everyone, not only do we owe them their life, you know, a chance at their life, I guess it could be excluded for extreme situations like murderers, other kind of, you know, maniacs, things of that nature. But in a situation like that, you know, the kid doesn't deserve to be put in a headlock. You know, he might actually need some help, you know, like a talking to. Like, maybe not put him in a headlock, but, like, give him a stern talking to. Like, listen, I know your situation is rough right now, but you can't be acting this way. You know, and obviously I'm talking from from the after, right? The post of what happened. Perhaps in the moment, if I was Mr. Penny, maybe I would have done the same thing. I have no idea. So... It's not really a judgment call. It's just my my thoughts on a potential a potential alternate scenario, you know. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, there has been an outrage for Jordan Neely's death, and I I mean again, it's warranted. But as I've done a little more research and did a little bit more digging, I did run into. A lot of Neely's past, which was semi-violent, you know, he's done some pretty shitty things in the past, but I've also seen a lot of comments where people will bring up his past and try and warrant his death. Now, listen, the universe works in mysterious ways. I'm not one to question it, but in my personal opinion, I don't think the semi-violent, semi-shitty things he's done in the past would warrant being choked to death. Because, listen, if he... If he was apprehended and had a punishment for what he did in the past, then whatever. It's water under the bridge. Let's see if he can evolve. But, and again, I'm not saying that what happened was the right thing. I could see karma in the weirdest of ways playing out in said fashion. You know, so uh, hopefully Mr. Penny, I wouldn't want to see Mr. Penny do serious time for something like this. Again, not saying it's okay that Mr. Neely was taken out in such fashion. But I don't think Mr. Penny was aware that something like that 
could happen from his headlock. So hopefully he's brought to justice fairly. But speaking of justice, let's talk about the multiple victims and the stabbing near the University of Iowa, which is somewhat news to me. Uh, but apparently there was an incident with multiple victims near the University of Iowa campus. And the, the investigation uh, is currently out for said perpetrator. Now, the condition of the victims is, was unknown at the time of this. This was, oh, the shit, this was six hours ago. Damn. So currently, the condition of the victims are unknown. And law enforcement is urging students to avoid the area of the incident. So apparently, this guy is still at large. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. You know, the state of schools in America is a very interesting one. Because at least when I was growing up, you know, I went to high school, graduated, dropped out of college a couple of times. But here's one thing that never happened. And maybe this is just relegated to, like, northern schools, right? Because I haven't heard of a case of something like this happening in a northern school, at least not yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just didn't know the accurate geographies or geographic locations of, of certain scenarios. But... I've never had a confrontation where, you know, we've had like a, a school search for a gun or a threat of a shooter or things of that nature. Now, there were bomb threats. That's definitely for sure, which was also like a weird era in high school at that time. Like, for some reason, people would call the school and be like, yo, there's a bomb. And then, you know, we'd, we'd walk out, there'd be cops, you know, it'd be a whole bunch of random ass shit going on. And I always took the opportunity to just leave school because, listen... You're not going to tell me there's a bomb in school. Do a sweep. Make sure the school's safe. Tell me there isn't bomb. Or there isn't a bomb. Excuse me. And then expect me to go back in there. Fuck no. I'm out that bitch. So I left. But as far as like all this gun violence shit, man, I have never encountered it. So this is all news to me. But what's crazier is the consistent recurrence. And how often this shit happens is, is alarming. If you ask me, it's, it's quite scary. Another reason why I won't have kids. But I mean, kids are fucking expensive anyway. So at this time, I ain't trying to have none of them shits anyway. But moreover, just the idea of having your child go to school and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, damn, there could be a school shooter at my kid's school. That's such a crazy thought. I don't think that has crossed my mom's mind at any point with her children growing up. At any point. Maybe some like gang-related violence, girls, things of that nature. But a school shooter or a stabbing incident? Nah, never. You know, what I think, what I think they need, or schools rather, because obviously I'm not in school. Man, side note, the joys of not being in school. I love learning, but... Not having to go to a school, it feels like not having to go to a structured job. I don't have a structured job. I'm out here just doing my thing. But anyway, I think schools, workplaces, places of, these, of this nature where someone who could invest a lot of time but then abruptly have that end due to like being terminated or, you know, just something happens with an account or whatever the case may be, these kind of areas need consistent AI surveillance. They need bots walking through the hallways, scanning shit, being observant 
to and all that image that's being captured is then sent to a central repository like a surveillance room obviously being monitored by multiple people not just one guy one guy who fucking falls asleep but multiple people who can make the decisions necessary to apprehend any potential threat the only downside to that is apparently ai is set to take over the world so much so that the ai pioneer quits google to warn about the technology's dangers not going to spend a lot more time on this one here, but Geoffrey Hinton, who's been called the godfather of AI, confirmed Monday that he has left his role at Google last week to speak about the dangers of, of AI technology that he helped to develop. Excuse me on the fuck up there. My fault. The text message came in and caught my eye. Sorry. Anywho, Hinton's pioneering work on neural networks shaped artificial intelligence systems powering many of today's products. He worked part-time at Google for a decade on the tech giant's AI development efforts, but he has since come to have concerns about the technology and his role in advancing it. I'll hit you with this, qu uh, this quote Excuse me, before I go on a rift. So he says, I console myself with the normal excuse, if I hadn't done it, someone else would have, Hinton told the New York Times, which was the first to report his decision. If you ask me, that sounds like a guy who already knows that this shit is already up shit's creek and it's too late to go back, so he's trying to cleanse his soul any way possible, and part of that was leaving Google. Which, listen, I don't blame him. AI is capable of doing some wicked shit. I use ChatGPT for a lot of my business, and this does not take away the value of my business, but the ease and scalability of using ChatGPT for business schoolwork man fuck them schools listen get ahead use that shit or just you know even if you worked a, a typical nine to five like let's say it was based on a lot of writing man listen tell gpt to write that bitch you go ahead and take a look at it go ahead and fucking edit it create the final product boom boom there you go you don't use it as an excuse to not do the work you help it make your work better with all that being said Listen, AI is going into a different direction. It is going to change the world drastically in a way I don't think anyone is ready for. And all in all, this coincides into two things. A, the track that we got coming up after the break, which we'll get into in a second here. And B, the topic of conversation, the main topic being extreme accountability. Now, as the world begins to shift, one thing is for certain, regardless of what happens, I just hit my mic, excuse me if you heard that, but regardless of what happens, whether your job gets taken by AI or you use AI to your advantage, you have to take responsibility for your life. More so than that, you should also consider seeking responsibility for other people's actions. And we'll talk about that and more once we come back from the break. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the first half, but don't go anywhere. We got a second half and a new track coming up. This is your boy Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast. I was telling lies to my bitch, telling lies, telling lies to your honor. But I gotta tell the truth to my brother. Tell, gotta tell the truth to mine. I would lie to my bitch, I told her. I would lie to your honor. I would lie to but I gotta tell the truth to my honor. 
For ten and Katana, it's no service way out in Granada. She tested my phone, said she missed me. I looked up the Kino like Pepsi. I can't get over what they did in Nipsey. I never told her how much she had hurt me. Yeah, she wanna give me everything I need now. But it's too late, I make all my feet, baby. These days, mama's so on speed up. These days, bad bitches stop the way When I met her at first, she was dancing. Run it up, put no arms in a Birkin. I was drunk in a car with the case left. Made a lead on my time. I was telling lies to my bitch, telling lies, telling lies to your honor. But I gotta tell the truth to my brothers. Tell. Gotta tell the truth to mine. I would lie to my bitch, I told. I would lie to your honor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This track is so fucking fire. Oh my god. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, of course, Roy, and you are tuned into Back to Center Podcast. That track was My Brothers by, get this, AI Drake featuring AI Travis Scott and AI The Weeknd. Listen, I know back in that last segment, I know I was talking in favor for AI, but if you listen to that track, and if obviously without me telling you that it was all AI, you would never know. You would never know that that was AI, and that's fucking crazy. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into the main topic of conversation. And I realized that I've, I left something out in the, the first, but regardless, it, it fits anyway. So main topic of conversation is extreme responsibility, right? And let me go ahead and just do some quick editing here on my other screen we out here on a two-screen setup fuck with your boy i mean i've always been on a two-screen setup but anyway listen anyone out there that's an aspiring podcaster or content creator whatever the case may be get more than one screen just do yourself that favor get yourself more than one screen 
that'll help you be a lot more productive. But anyway, main topic, main topic, main topic, extreme responsibility, taking advantage of bad situations through accountability. Now, what is the definition of responsibility? And I also want to address how it's missing from our modern society. So the literal definition of responsibility, if you were to look it up, you'll find multiple. But I found two that not only, and this isn't from a biased perspective, but it plays into what I'm trying to get at here. But also, I, I feel like they are the most, the most pertinent, right? So the first one is the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. And the second one is the opportunity or ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization. Now, I picked those two for a reason, because I wanted to address both and somehow tie them to modern society, right? So the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. I want to address that in being the citizens, citizens at large, being in control of who we put into office. Now, listen lobbying or whatever the case may be whatever is quote-unquote against us still cannot affect the fact that we do have at least to some degree voting power and now if we all were to put our thinking caps on we'd be able to come to concise decisions as to who the best person we should place in office that would represent us as a whole right that's if we really think about it on the grand scheme of things we think about and excuse me let me redact that if we think about everything in the grand scheme of things, excuse me, and (laughs) maybe I shouldn't have hit that joint during break, and we think about what political figures truly are, they are representations of us as a whole, because on a larger system, from a global perspective, we all need a major representative. And obviously, there are more nefarious reasons as to why political systems are set up the way they are. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. And we won't get into that. I'm not getting into that one today. But what I will say is this. At the end of the day, we have a responsibility to not only change our environment, but change society at large. Not only does that start with us, but that also starts with our neighbors, our own small little conglomerates within our state's and at large, the people we decide to put into office. And like I said before, lobbying or whatever might be against us, it still doesn't deny the fact that us as a whole, from a people perspective, a citizen perspective, do have the last word in a lot of these things. And I think we can further flex these muscles as time goes on, the further we all decide to get involved with some political aspect within our, within our current society now you know like obviously you don't have to be out here fucking waging political warfare on both democrats and republicans but to some degree we all should be slightly more informed you know regard like in regards to excuse me in regards to who we decide to put into office their background not only political but educational and familial so on and so forth And now the second one, the opportunity or ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization. And that comes in regards to us having responsibility in regards to where we go in life, where we end up in life, the decisions we make, the food we eat, the people we fuck, 
yada yada yada. And now, how does this play into modern society? Because modern society at large has a, a penchant for blaming others instead of taking responsibility. And now this isn't a pull yourself by your bootstraps conversation. It's not this kind of uh, lecture or monologue, right? Because, you know, obviously I'm not talking to anyone. I'm so fucking, essentially I'm talking to myself if you really think about it, which is kind of weird, but hey, you guys pull up and listen. I've been doing this for three years now, so thank you. But anyway, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, society at large has a penchant for blaming others and removing the responsibility of their decisions, the, the consequences they face, and the ultimate responsibilities of becoming a contrib contributing member of society. And that doesn't mean you have to be like a grand inventor or, you know, fucking discover new mathematics. But, you know, being a contributing member to society, excluding paying taxes, because that's basic, but, you know, making something that can help other people. And everyone's got this capability, but when you decide to play the victim and remove that kind of responsibility and blame the government, ultimately, the egg just ends up on your face regardless, because I'm pretty sure at some point you had a political opinion. Therefore, you either went and voted or inspired someone to go vote, not by directly telling them to go vote, by perhaps inspiring them with your words. I mean, you never know what the fuck happens, right? But the fact remains the same. Once you remove that responsibility from yourself and you try to place it on someone else, you lose automatically. And now when we talk about the ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization, that purely falls onto yourself. Sorry, just hit the mic again. If you heard that, my bad. But when you decide to go ahead and place blame on others and you don't take that responsibility, you remove the ability to develop as an individual. And now more so when you have personal afflictions and you further blame others, you then further place more egg on your face by not being willing to take the action necessary to change and become a better version of yourself. So when we talk about society at large, it really becomes a grander issue at scale. And even when you break it down to its minor bits and talk about it from an individual perspective, we see that this becomes a bigger issue as well. So being responsible ultimately comes in twofold, your actions, but also how you respond to people. So in some way or another, you also become responsible for someone else's words or decisions, right? So being responsible for how you respond to other people's actions towards you or the challenges you face. And now I wrote this little clip here, which says, be responsible for how you react to other people's actions towards you and be willing to respect yourself enough to show people how to treat you without saying a word. Now I'm going to expedite this a little bit because I don't want to take up too much more of your time and talk your head off before, but I'll try and keep this as concise as possible. But two things have to happen in your life. If you want more respect from people, if you want people to treat you like the individual you are, and you want people to not only treat you as you would treat them, but have people treat you better. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all want better treatment. Like we have a preferred way we want people to treat us. If you're cognizant of yourself and your actions when you're in relationships, you'd also be aware that at some point you have to, and listen, this is just for lack of a better word, but take it how you want to take it. At some point you have to train your significant other as to how you want to be treated. And listen, one thing is definitely for certain. And guys, definitely pay attention to this because one thing's gonna happen. You're either going to train your girl as to how she should treat you, 
or she's going to train you as to how you should treat her. And I'm not saying one or the other is bad, but I'm just saying one or the other is going to happen. So take it how you want. But now when we talk about being responsible for how other people treat you, this comes in twofold. Not only correcting people when you feel disrespected and offended, and I'm not saying, you know, you do this on a, on a, on a whim where you're easily offended and you're like, hold on, time out. You have to address me in X, Y, and Z fashion. And that's not a snide to the people that use pronouns, but I'm just saying for those that feel as though that they have to be treated in a very specific manner and, you know, potentially a stranger doesn't know that you have no idea. This is your first interaction. You can't, you know, go all gung ho and be like, oh, you fucking offended me. Fuck you. You can't do that because this person doesn't know you from Adam. They're getting to know you. And again, this is where training an individual would come into play. But you don't do this with your words. You do this with your body language. But in a situation like this, having the self-respect to calmly, calmly correct people. So here's an example. Some people that meet me for the first time, you know, they call me Sergi or they call me Sergey instead of Selj. And what I always say to that is, excuse me, I appreciate the fact that you tried to say my name properly in its proper context. I keep hitting my mic, y'all. I'm terribly sorry about that. But I appreciate you trying to say my name and what you thought was the proper context, but you're incorrect. The proper way to pronounce my name is Selj. Real simple, real easy. And obviously you could use this for multiple other things in your life, but a simple explanation for first time interactions is definitely warranted. Now, obviously, if you have to address this multiple times, then clearly this person isn't respecting you, but you should have enough self-respect to be able to walk away from a scenario like that. And more so than that, it's deeper than just the name, right? Like being able to stand up for yourself is just basic. And I don't say basic as in like, oh, you should be able to do this. There's a lot of people who aren't able to. And not saying that that's a problem, but it can become one when you are pushed into nefarious situations. You know, when we're younger, we're not able to really like defend ourselves or we're reluctant to stick up for ourselves because we're not put in situations like that. You know, we most of us, or at least I would hope most of us come from a family that are supportive, understanding that people are individuals and allow them to grow within that space. But then when we come in contact with other people, sometimes, you know, they don't come from a background like that. So they're more likely to judge you or shun you or, you know, just put you in a in a precarious situation that you're just not comfortable you know like i used to have bullies when i was younger and niggas used to make fun of me and i used to be like man can you just can you get off my dick like yo i think when you're a bully you're actually someone's fan because they're on your mind so much you think about different ways to characterize them you think about different ways to antagonize them you think about different ways to just you know either try to make their lives as miserable as yours or try to make it worse then so in some ways, you could feel better about yourself because the way you see this person, you see them better than you. And that's that's honestly the sorry, my, my fucking seat. Yo, my chair has a broken piston in it. So like the fucking CO2 like leaks out sometimes. So like the chair just did like that whole dipshit and it's fucking annoying. So hopefully the chair just comes down. But like I was saying before, listen, some people just have these miserable ass lives and that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But even then... The second way you make sure people respect you or take responsibility for how people treat you is how you treat yourself, right? So although I had a lot of bullies, 
I still carried myself in a way that deemed respect. Like, I was still getting good grades. Like, niggas was making fun of how I looked, but they averaged, like, a 60. Like, come on. Your fucking average is fucking shit. Meanwhile, you're making fun of me because I came to school in church clothes? Like, all right. Obviously, you could tell this still bothers me to a degree, right? But, comme si, comme ça, mon frère. The point of what I'm trying to get at here is... The more you respect yourself, the more you carry yourself, you know, you walk around with your fucking chest up, chin up, you know, you walk, you walk around like you are a part of this universe, a part of this fucking world. The more people will see that and treat you as such. Now, the last part here, extreme accountability leads to great results. And the snippet I have here is if you are willing to take responsibility and ownership over your life, no matter what happens, hence extreme accountability. That's the point at which your life begins to change. Once you've made the decision to take accountability, you'll begin to make smarter decisions. This can manifest with better friends, living in a different state, getting a new job, leaving a relationship, etc. Whatever the case may be, you'll begin to think about your life and other people's involvement in it and what you can do to upgrade these things. Once you make that decision that you are going to change your life, life will open up to you. Now, in closing here, what I want to say is this. When you decide that you are going to take the necessary steps to change your life and you will be accountable for it. Let's bring this into a fitness aspect, right? Like we know now that we've got like 40-ish something days. Let's say, let's say you've been working out since January. You know, you're getting great results. You know that within like the next couple of days, you can get there. Now, listen. If you decide to fuck your diet up and eat something you shouldn't and not exercise when you should and summer rolls around and you have a negative return, you actually look worse than you planned, you have to take responsibility for that. And now let's make that from a, let's extrapolate that and make that a, a, a third party situation, right? Like where we involve other people. Let's say you have a, a very robust social life and you get invited to events all the time. And you know you're on this journey, but you know there's gonna be opportunities to eat and drink at a lot of these events. If you fail to prepare for these events and you decide to eat there, you can't blame the host and the people that invited you to the event and blame them for your weight gain. You have to take extreme responsibility. Same thing for your finances. People invite you to shit, you're spending money you know you got to save up you can't blame other people for going broke it's your fault you spent the money people out here disrespecting you calling you out your name you don't correct them in a civil manner it's your fault you're getting disrespected same shit goes for relationships same shit goes for work same thing goes for everything in life sometimes i look at my youtube analytics i haven't put out a fucking youtube video in about a month and a half my analytics have been hitting the dirt i gotta get back on my shit but when i look at it i can't blame youtube i can't be mad like oh youtube you're not showing my shit to people no i'm not making content it's my fault i have to assume responsibility for that so in closing what i want to say is us as individuals we can become things greater than ourselves i mean you heard it in the last episode i fucking cried about it right we can become something so much greater than ourselves, but until we take extreme accountability 
for our actions, our reactions, our planning, our failure to plan, what people say to us, how we react to challenges, etc., etc. If we fail to take accountability for all those things, we will never get to our proverbial promised land. The ultimate question is, what do you want? Do you want to get to your promised land or what? I want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening. We will be back next week with another episode. That episode is going to talk about some fitness. It's going over fat-free, getting rid of that belly fat through intermittent fasting and what you need to do about it. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Have a great day, a great weekend, and enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll be back with another one. But until then, this was your boy Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast. Peace.